And welcome to Reim Ahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. MS, Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you're joining me today. Right before Hanukkah. Yes. For those of you who are new listeners, here's what we try to do. Provide you with skills and tools to enhance your marriage, to help you connect and sometimes reconnect with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. Hanukkah is right around the corner. And I'm sure we have all sorts of plans and preparations and what we're going to do, where we're going to be. Hanukkah mesibes, Hanukkah parties, v'chulu, v'chulu. And today, what I want to do, I want to focus on Hanukkah in a more of a deeper level. We all know why we celebrate Hanukkah. Of course, there's the simple, you know, the simple, what do you mean? Of course, Ivan Mikvuzu Alai, and um, we were basically going to be destroyed. It's unbelievable, unbelievable how ma'atim, so few, against so many, Chalashim, Gibayim, and we, for sure, unquestionably, through Siyata Deshmaya, were able to, were able to overcome the Yifanim. It was complete and utter Siyata Deshmaya. But why, what is it about the menorah? Why is it that, you know, we light the menorah for eight days, eight nights, I should say, and we light the menorah, and it's, it's the menorah. It's all about the, it all comes down to lighting the menorah. And there's the, the chiyuv is to light the menorah every day, preferably with oil. Why? Because this symbolizes the menorah that was in the base hamikdash. The menorah that was in the base hamikdash, and that's why we light. So, what's the point of all of it? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't understand me by the point of all of it. The point of all of it is to celebrate that we were saved. Baruch Hashem, and the base of Middash was, was able to, to, to be able to go into the base of Middash. We found the oil. We weren't supposed to have the oil. It was Ness. It lasted for so long and all that, but it's much more than that, ladies and gentlemen. It's much, much more than that. And let me tell you what I'm talking about. We have to understand that the Kalim and the base Hamikdash weren't just happened to be there or nice things to, to, to sort of look at or whatever it is. Every single keli, every single vessel in the base of Migdash had tremendous deep significance. Everything. The what I'm talking about. The Arun HaKodesh, for example. The Arun HaKodesh, besides you know, the immense Kedusha that it had, it was in the Kodesh Kedashim, the Arun HaKodesh symbolizes Tarash HaBachsaf. And if you think about it, what did the Arun HaKodesh house in it? It had the Luchas Abris, had the, the, the tablets, the Ten Commandments, the Broken Commandments, and it, tablets, it was, it was in there. It had the Sefer Torah, it had Moshe Rabbeinu's Sefer Torah in there that he gave to Yeshua. The symbolization of the Aron HaKodesh is what? It is Teresh HaBachsav. The menorah, on the other hand, symbolizes Teresh HaBalpeh. Ladies and gentlemen, this Hanukkah, remember, you know what we're celebrating? We're celebrating the existence, the, the, the persistence, our steadfast holding on to. We never let go, no matter what happened. We never let go of Torah Shabal Peh. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, because I know i got a big crowd here, Baruch Hashem, when I say Torah Shabal Peh, I'm talking about the, the, the part of the Torah that was given over to Moshe Rabbeinu that was not written. For a very long time it wasn't written. It was only until Rabbi Yehuda Anasi realized that he has to create the mission that it was written. But until then, all that there was, was to, in Torah Shabal Peh was this oral explanation, commentary, depth of what the Torah really is all about. Because if you take a look at the Torah, this, some of it doesn't make sense. So we need the Torah Shabal Peh. The Torah Shabal will never work without the Torah Shabal Peh. So the Torah Shabal Peh is what sort of lights up the Torah Shabbat It explains what the Torah Shabbat is all about. That's what the Menorah is. That's what, Menorah represents Torah Shabbat How many times throughout our history, ladies and gentlemen, we almost gave up. The Tzidukim and the many other groups, even today, ladies and gentlemen, I, 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 you know, this is not, I don't want to get involved in politics here. I'm not. But you and I know that even today, Torah Shabbat is being challenged. Torah Shabbat People who call themselves from challenging Torah Shabbat Peh, meaning 
the the message, the tradition, the oral, the 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 oral peace which was given from father to son and father to son and father to son and father to son, and even today, ladies and gentlemen, even today, with the Gemara and the Achroinim and Rashi and Taisus and Rabbi Kivi Eger and, and all the and and the Briska Vratlach and everything, we still hold on to the Baal Peshabai. We still hold on to the oralness of it. And a piece of it is because that is the connection that we have. That is the, the relationship, the relationship that we have with Sinai, with Maish Rabbeinu, who got the Torah directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, directly from Hashem. That connection is not possible without Torah Shabbat Peh. What do you mean? We have a book. No, no, not a book. It's, it's the father to son, the Rebbe to the Talmud. It's that continuous connection. It's that bond that the Rebbe has with the Talmud. It's that bond that the father has with the son. It's the bond that the mother has with her daughter, giving over the Messiah, giving over the Messiah. Dar, lidar, lidar, lidar. That cannot exist without Tayr Shabal Peh. Without Tayr Shabal Peh, we, we don't have Yiddishkeit. We just don't have it. You need the Tayr Shabal Peh in order to light up the Tayr Shabal in order for us to understand what the written Torah is all about. So, you know what I'm going to jump into today? You, you know what I'm jumping into. I'm jumping into relationships. You know why? Because it's not my idea. It's not. It's not the Rebbe's idea. It's the Torah's dictate to us to get married, to have children, to bond, to have relationships. Does the Torah really say that? Does the Torah really say that we're supposed to have a good relationship, a good solid relationship in our house with our husbands, with our wives, with our children? Does the Torah really say that we have to have relationships? I don't know anything about it. Again, that's Hanukkah. Teresh Yes, Torah Shabal Peh sheds light. It tells us what the Torah is talking about. When the Torah says, Al Kain Yazov Ish Es Avives Imai Vedavak Veishtai Vehayu Lebasar Echad. Therefore, a man will leave his father and his mother, and he will cleave to his wife, and they will be one flesh. The the Torah Shabal Peh, the Rambam. The Zayar, the Alkad Shemaini, all speak about this Pasik and they tell us what is the Torah talking about when it talks about marriage? Is it just having children? Is that it? Pruuravu? Is that is that really it? Is that what marriage is all about? Just have the boy and the girl and that's it? Absolutely not. There's a daily purpose of marriage. Not, not like a week, you know, Mazaltav, or Chasana. There's a daily purpose of marriage. Other than having children, specifically. Number one is dvekis, connection. The Zayar, the Kunaya Zayar, non test base, says, Va'alda itmar, al ken yazoiv ish es aviv imay vigaymer. He explains the Pasuk that says, al ken yazoiv ish es aviv, right? To leave your father and mother and cleave to your wife. How does he explain it? Says the Tikunaya Zayar, Ihi histabikas bey ve'ihuba. She will cling to him and he will cling to her. An emotional, deep connection that will exist between husband and wife. This is what the Torah wants on a daily basis. A connection. A manifestation of an emotional connection is what Kedusha is all about. When we talk about Kedusha, holiness, when we talk about marriage, which is called Kedushin, it's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. Oh, hey, Kedushin. Yeah, I'm learning Mesechus Kedushin. Why are you learning Kedushin? Why is it called Kedushin? Because it's Kaddish. It's holy. There's holiness in this union. Really? Is there really holiness? Yes, that's what the Torah is telling us. V'davak be'ishtai. There has to be a holiness. There has to be a connection. The Rambam, in Mishnah Torah, Hilchasishas Tesvav says, V'chein tzavu chachamim. This is all Torah Shabal Ped. That's explaining the Torah Shabal Ched. This is Hanukkah. This is Hanukkah. The Chaint of Chachamim, Shayya Adam, Mechabedis Ishtai, Yoiter Megufai. And this is what the Chachamim explained us. This is what the Torah is talking about, if, in case you don't know what marriage is all about. So here, the Rambam tells us to us clearly. Mechabedis Ishtai, Yoiter Megufai. Honor your wife more than yourself, the Oihava Kegufai, and love her like yourself. Does this sound like 
like just, oh, hi, what's going on? Can you pass the dishes? Can you pass us all? Is the conversations we're having at home with our husbands, with our wives, is this what we're doing on a daily basis? Are we honoring our wives more than ourselves? Are we loving them like ourselves? Gentlemen, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to sign all whole holy over here or something. I'm telling you what my sister Rabbah says. The chains of Chachamim, she had them chabadis ishtay, and the good boy, good boy. Know what? You have to honor your wife more than yourself. Do you? Are you respecting your wives? Are you loving your wives? I'm asking myself too. Are we doing it? It's right. How do we answer that question? Well, we have to work on it. We have to work on the vacas. We have to work on connection. We have to work on respect. It's a key word here, respect. And when the Ramam speaks to the women, and speaks to the women about how to how to act towards their husbands, the Ramam is very clear about it. And so too they commanded on the on the woman, she should honor her husband. Listen to the words. Too much. Actually, too much, but even more than you can, than you can imagine. And she should have all from him. And please him. Again, how does he start it? He starts, The same Lashen, the same word, Kibud. Kibud of aim. We all know Kibud of aim. The same word, Kibud, respect, is says for the man, for the husband, and for the wife, that we have to respect each other. Are we respecting each other, ladies and gentlemen? You know, Baruch Hashem, I know a lot of people listen to this show. And, and, and I'm asking this question, and you know, as I ask these questions, I really ask myself too. Are we respecting our spouse? Is there respect going in the house? Or are we just talking? Are we just like living life like, okay, there's that, it's so busy, everybody's so busy, we're so busy, but are we respecting each other? The Ramam says it. The Ramam says it. We have to respect. We have to connect. That's the first daily purpose of marriage, to connect. It's real. I'm not like, you know, pulling this out of a hat. This is a Rambam. This is a Zayar. This is the al Shemaini that talks about explaining the Pasuk of al Kinyazov Yishazavav Yishimoy. Yeah, this is the Rambam. There's another part. There's another part. Daily purpose of marriage we're talking about here. And again, where does this come from? Torah Shabal Peh. Chanukah. Menorah. Lighting up the Torah Shabbat The what? Shlemus. The Mesilas Yesham writes, All phases of lives, lives are for a test. Rabbi Volba explains, says, in Ali Shari, says, The intent of creation, a person should be tested and perfected through his wife and his children. Do you hear this, ladies and gentlemen? Tested and perfected through your wife and your children. Rabbi Victor Miller writes, Marriage is another ordeal for individual growth towards perfection, which will bring a person for shlemus. And we all know that that under the chuppah, what do we say? Baruch Hashem Ha'adam, who creates the person. The Zayah writes, a person is not considered a shalem, is not considered a whole until he's married. So why? What do you mean? I thought it was just about having children, so... Isn't that what it is? No, absolutely not. It's about Shlemus. Shlemus is about the, the disparity that we have between spouses. It's the fact that I'm so different than you. It's the fact that I don't think like you. I don't perceive. I don't, I, I, I don't analyze like you. I don't... I, I'm just not you. I'm so different. I'm so different. I have different likings. I have different interests. I'm so, 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 so different. I have no shaykhs with you. Exactly. And that's going to bring that's going to bring challenges on a daily basis. That's going to bring challenging on a daily basis. Don't fool yourselves, peoples. We all know it brings challenges on a daily basis that we're so different, and the challenges are there. And, and for those of you who are married, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it happened yesterday, it's going to happen today, and it's going to happen tomorrow. Challenges when we feel attacked, criticized, hurt. I don't understand why you're doing. And most of this is coming because of our disparity. Most of it, I'm telling you, is coming about because we're just thinking differently. Ever hear of narrative therapy? Psychologists know all about this. It took them a while to catch up. But you know what? Yes, that what? It's that script. I have a different script than my wife has. We have different scripts. We have different understandings. I could walk into a chasana hall and I see certain things. My wife could walk into a chasana hall. She'll see a whole bunch of different things. Her interests, her likings, 
her appreciation, her sensitivities, my likings, my appreciations, my sensitivities. You don't think we're going to clash? You don't think we're going to clash? Of course we're going to clash. Everybody clashes. But you know what? That's an opportunity for Shlemus. That's an opportunity to grow. That's an opportunity to say to ourselves, yes, I'm different, but you know what? I'm going to step into her shoes for a second. I'm going to connect. I'm going to step into her shoes for a second, and I'm not going to think about me. I'm going to think about her. And she's not going to think about her. She's going to think about me. And together, it's not a give-and-take relationship. It's a give-and-give relationship. You hear me, peoples? <laughs> I know he says so many times. It's Chazara. It's not, you know, give and take. It's give and give. And if we give and give, then what happens is we connect because we think outside of the box. Everybody talks about the box. Everybody's in the box. Are you in the box? Do you live in the box? Well, marriage is about living outside of the box, outside of ourselves. Not just worrying about ourselves, but worrying about the other person, specifically our spouse, what's bothering them what they care about, what's important to them, their sensitivities. You feel like you're walking on eggshells with your spouse? It's not a bad thing. I'm telling you, it's not a bad thing. Yes, we're supposed to walk on eggshells with our spouse. Not all the time, but yeah, a lot, yeah, because we're supposed to think about them. That's what Shlemus is all about. That's the other daily purpose of marriage, growing in our midos and our shlemis, and through that, connecting to Hashem, because this is what Hashem is all about. Hashem is kel rachem v'chan, Baruch, who is the ultimate, ultimate giver. So we become givers, we're becoming like Hashem. Do you see this beautiful thing, this beautiful thing? Now marriage is like a whole beautiful thing. It really is. Like we're achieving shlemis on a daily basis, and dveikis as well, on an emotional level. We see, following what the Torah writes of al kenyaz of ishes avivis, imo v'davak be'ishto, will cleave to his wife, following the Tikkuni Azorah, the Rambam, the Yalka Shemaini, and many others who explain this. So again, Devekis, number one, Shlemus, number two. Okay. So Chanukah. Now we got Chanukah. Greenfield, I hear you, but, but, but I'm asking you a question. I hear what you're saying. Uh, were there G'daylem who did this? Is this, uh, we know, but are there, of course there are G'daylem who does this. Rabbi Pesach Kron, in, in, his, in his famous book, Around the Magus Table, he writes a beautiful story about the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim, as well, Mayor Kagan, he had a Rebbe who was not, he wasn't so well known as, as he was. His Rebbe, his Rebbe's name was Rav Nachum Kaplan. Now those who knew Rav Nachum Kaplan used to call him, Reb, people who were close to him used to call him Rav Nachum Ka. Now the Chafetz Chaim made it a point to, to watch Rav, his Rebbe every action, every deed, because he knew that anything that, anything that Rav Nachum ever did was done with, with, with forethought and, and good reason and insight. Listen to this Hanukkah story. One night on Hanukkah, the Chafetz Chaim was in the home of his Rebbe, Rav Nachum Comes the time for lighting the Hanukkah Menorah. The Chafetz Chaim comes and he's waiting for his Rebbe to do, 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 do the brachas and, and light the Menorah. And what happens? Rav Nachum is waiting. His Rebbe is waiting and waiting and waiting and Rav Chafetz Chaim doesn't understand what's he waiting for doesn't say a word, obviously, it's his Rebbe, and it just waits and waits and waits and more times and more times, an hour after an hour, and the, his Rebbe is not lighting the Menorah. What do you mean? This man came, the time came for lighting the Menorah. He's thinking, Rav Chaim is thinking to himself, what, what's shot? They don't understand. Finally, 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 there's a knock at the door. The Chafetz Chaim goes and he opens the door to Rav Nachum's wife. Almost immediately after that, Rav Nachum says, greets her, and together, his wife, Rav Na- while his wife was together there, and she's there, that's when Rav Nachemke finally lit the Menorah. He made the brachis, and he lit the Menorah. The Chafetz Chaim looks at this, and he sort of hops what's going on over here. But he wanted, to, he wanted to know. He wanted to know more from his Rebbe. So his Rebbe went on after he lit the Menorah, and they were singing the Nagunim, Vechula, whatever. Afterwards, Rav Nachum came over to the Chafetz Chaim and he explained him patiently, said to him like this, says, the Gemara says, has a question. What's the halacha if a man has only enough money either to light a candle on Friday night, right? The, the candles, light the candles on, er, on, on Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, to light the candles on Erev Shabbos, or to buy Hanukkah candles. What should he do? Right? Should he buy ha- candles for Erev Shabbos or, or, or Hanukkah? 
So it says that he should spend it on Shabbos candles and, he sh- and fulfill the mitzvah of lighting Shabbos candles rather than spend the money on a candle for his chemenayra. Why? And for a bit, why? Menachem says it's like this. One is obligated to spend the money for a Shabbos candle. The reason being that the Shabbos candle, besides the mitzvah, it adds shalom bias. It brings light into the home and it adds shalom bias, peace and tranquility to the home. Therefore, a candle that, that fosters shalom bias takes precedence even over the mitzvah of lighting a Chana can- candle. I have no doubt, continued Rav Nachemke, that my wife came home and realized that if she would have came home and she would have realized that I did not wait for her for the Chana Kilmanayra, she would unquestionably have been very upset. That would bring tension to the house. Chas V'Shalom would bring cast to the house. It would have taken away the shalom bias from the house. So Rav Nachemke, the Chafetz Chaim's Rebbe, waited for his wife to light the Chanukah Menayim. Now some of you are listening to this and saying, okay, it's very nice, he waited for his wife. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? We're talking about the Chafetz Chaim's Rebbe. He was probably looking forward for this, this mitzvah. He was looking forward for weeks. These are, these, when G'daylem do mitzvahs, it's not like, oh, they do a mitzvah, yeah, Chanukah Menayim, you know. So, yeah, no, 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 no. no. G'daylem light the Menayim, it's a whole different level. They're connecting. They know. They have insight in it. They, 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 they feel the Kedusha. He was looking forward for this, but he fought himself. He fought himself to wait for his wife. Yes, that was the right thing to do. Now, like this. Rav Nachemke actually added, he said, says, the, the Gemara itself used Hanukkah candles as a focal point to emphasize the importance of, of Shalom Bais. Should I then have taken the same Hanukkah candles and through them cause lack of Shalom Bais? He chapped. He chapped. Rav Nachemke chapped. He chapped. I mean, of course he chapped. But he, he, he taught to the Chavetz Chaim. And, and, and this was a lesson for the Chavetz Chaim. And it should be a lesson for us. It should be a lesson for us that, that the most important Kedusha in the home is your Shalom Bayis. You're going to sit there learning the blot and you don't have Shalom Bayis. It's like, it's a mamish, like, you know, it's like a steer. It's like you're holding an Avela in your hand. It's like, what's going on? You have no Shalom Bayis. Well, what is Shalom Bayis? They're telling us, they tell us, they explain to us, it's Devekis, it's Shlemis, it's working on ourselves to become givers. And not to be brutally honest with our spouse. We spoke about this last week. I hope, I hope, I hope this is not happening in your homes. Where there's the brutal honesty. This is like, I see it sometimes, but being sarcastic with our wives, being sarcastic with our husbands. Oh, do you like dinner? Uh, I don't know. It's not so good tonight. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, just joking. Uh... By the way, you know, I don't know. I feel so disconnected from you. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you don't love me. I really don't. I'm just joking. What? What? Hello? Trauma speaks about, about, about respect. Trauma speaks about respect. Is that the way we're talking? Ah, I'm just honest. I'm joking around. We don't joke around in the house. We don't joke around in the house. Not with your wife. Not these types of jokes. Not funny. It's really not funny. It's not covered. It's not respectful. You wouldn't do this to your boss. You wouldn't do this to your Rebbe. You wouldn't do this to the Rosh Shiva. So act to your wife like you would act to your Rosh Hashiva. Am I being too strong? Guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I feel bad, but, but, but I'm just saying it very fast. I'm, you know, I'm not pulling any punches today. Act to your wife like you would act to your Rosh Hashiva. I know it's not shaykh, but at least aim to do it. Aim to do it. So at least halfway, we'll have enough respect for our wives, which the Torah expects from us, what the Ramah speaks about, to respect your wife more than you respect yourself. It's, it's not a secret. It's, it's, it's in the Rambam. We can look it up, right? Now, ladies, it's a two-way street. Drama speaks about how to speak to your husbands also, to respect him. So this respect works both ways. Once we step out of the box, step out of ourselves, that's how we connect. We respect our wives. We respect our husbands. Implied criticism. Okay, so you're listening to me and you're like, I don't do the things you said before. That's like, yeah, that brutal honesty, it doesn't go on in my house. Okay, so let me ask you, does this go on to your house? Do you come home and tell your wife, okay, you know, I think I'll skip supper tonight. I I don't think, you know, whatever. Or you tell, or or do you wake up in the morning, man, and and, and just like wake up and run out of the house and say, I'm late to shock, I'm late to shock, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. Is that the way you're talking to your wife? Is that the way you're talking to your wife? If the baby's crying, do you like, Nechama, Miriam, Sarah, the baby's crying. You know the baby's crying? The baby's crying, he's upstairs. Is that how we're talking to our wife? 
what's wrong with talking like that to my wife, Rabbi Greenfield? What was, what did you just say that was wrong? There's nothing wrong if you're talking to your friend or your acquaintance or your associate. This is your wife. This is your wife, right? So to your wife, you don't talk like that. If you can't make supper on a particular night because you have a meeting, so what you need to do is you have to go over to your wife, call her to the side, and say to her, listen, I, I feel terrible. I know you worked so hard on dinner, and I'm happy everybody's enjoying dinner. I'm going to take a grab. I'm going to grab a bite to eat, but I really got to go. I'm so sorry. I feel terrible. Connect to her. There's an opportunity to connect, to respect her, to appreciate her, to make her feel like she's not, like, you know, just nonstop working. Here's an opportunity for you. Of course, the Yetzirah isn't. And when we're in a rush, we have our hats on. Oh, boy, do we have our hats on. Oh boy, and we could say some really nasty things when, when we're in a rush. That's another big piece, and I know, I think I spoke about this lately. I, I mentioned this again. You got your you, you're in a rush. You got your hats on. You be careful because you're hungry, angry, tired. You're stressed. You're in a rush. You be careful of yourself. So we have to control ourselves. It's not an excuse. We have to step outside of the box, or you know, telling 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 our wives, I gotta get, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. That's the way you're talking. You've just woken up. You haven't said good morning to her. You haven't asked her how she slept. You haven't spent even three minutes with her, and you got to get out of here. It's okay. It's really okay. You could spend three minutes with your wife before you run to davening. One minute with your wife. What, you're going to miss Baruch Hu? Okay, so what are you going to do? What's going to happen now? Let's think about it, Rabbi Sai. Let's think about it. You're going you're gonna to run out of the house. You're going to rush. You're going to fill in. You come there for Baruch Hu. Oh, I made Baruch Hu. Guess what? You made Baruch Hu. You didn't make Shalom Bayis. That's what you didn't make. That's what you ruined. I'm not giving you a psak over here. That's not what this is about. All I'm telling you is think twice about it. You want to speak, speak to a about it. But think twice about it before rushing off out of the house without spending some time with your wife in the morning. Seriously, and I'm talking to myself. Of course this is hard. Of course this is hard. And it works both ways, ladies. It does work both ways. Ladies are in a rush sometimes as well. Husbands are coming home. And the woman's rushed and tense and this and that, not greeting her husband. And the husband comes home from a very hard day, having to find his own dinner, having to find his wife on the phone or whatever it is, which is fine. I'm not saying women can't be on the phone when their husbands come, but there has to be a system. Okay, uh, Ma, I'd love to continue speaking to you, but my husband just came home. So let me speak, let me speak to you later. Believe you me, your mother will, will be okay with that. It's an uncomfortable thing to say. It is uncomfortable. I know it's uncomfortable. Now, obviously, your husband shouldn't get all upset about it if you don't do it. He should be mevater. But I'm telling you both ways. You should get off the phone, and he should chill out, as they say. So, yes, it should work out both ways. But we're trying to connect. We're trying to connect. That's what we're trying to do. How are we connecting if we're, you haven't seen your husband the whole day, and now we're on the phone like, hello, right? Again, we have to be careful as men not to attack our wives, be all upset about it, to speak to her calmly and gently. It's uncomfortable for her, whatever it is. So there has to be a system. There has to be a routine that's in your house. When I come home, here's what happens. And not like a dictating thing. When I come home, the phone must be hung up. No, 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 no. We have a system. We do it in a nice way. And this is the way we work. This is how we did it. This is all real Shana Rishona stuff, by the way. But I hate to say it. Many people never had that Shana Rishona. They never established healthy routines in their home. It just never happened. So it's important to, to establish those, those important routines. Okay, so what I'm talking about here again is, is just all this like talking in the house. Let's speak with respect. Let's speak with love. Let's speak with, 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 a, with a she'ifa for devakis in the house. And believe you me, it'll spill over to the children. It really will. The children will see it. They'll feel secure. It'll help their development. It's best for everyone just to have a calm home, not a tough home like the Rama says, not a tough home, calm, relaxed. But I'm not relaxed. I know you're not relaxed. I know you're stressed out. But you know what? Don't let it out on your spouse. Don't let it out on your spouse. If you have to let out, exercise. Don't come home. Don't come home. Take five-minute break before you come home. Calm down. Sit. Read something learn something, do something else before you come home, but calm yourself down. Then come home. Let it be ruig, as they say. Try to be ruig. And of course, you're going to come into the home. There's going to be a lot of stress at home, but try to calm things down. That's the point. The point is the vacus. The point is shalemis. Hanukkah is coming, ladies and gentlemen. Hanukkah is coming. It's an opportunity. You know, Hanukkah is, is like that, that, you know, like that rocket ship. You know how, you know, every once in a while in, in Florida, they have these rockets they send into space. 
So the first piece, the first piece of the departure, if you ever take a, if, if you, if you know about these things, the way it works is that there's like different, on a, on a spaceship, there are different rockets. And like when the spaceship first takes off, there's this rocket on the bottom and it's so powerful. It's so powerful. It, it could actually, that, that part is like probably the most powerful part of the whole trip. It's like for those of you who drive cars, you know what I'm talking about, first gear, second gear, and third gear. You know that first gear is like that most powerful piece because you're, you're going from zero to even 10 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour. So that first part that's the most like, that, that, that has all that power and energy in it, that's Hanukkah. That's Hanukkah. Hanukkah has that strength, that energy to let us like sort of like rocket ourselves, to propel ourselves to where we want to go. And so there's this period of time all the way from, all the way from Rosh Hashanah all the way to Hanukkah. That's like one, one period of time. And then the next period of time where we're actually like, we're taking off now. We're taking off. That's Hanukkah. And Hanukkah, we have a certain spiritual kayak, a certain, a certain kayak on Hanukkah to, to help propel us to the next level. So let's utilize it. First of all, with our spouse. Number one, with our spouse. To connect with our spouse. And everything I'm talking about here today, to try to have the conversations at home with more respect, with more love, with more dignity. If we feel attacked, I know you don't mean to, but I'm starting to feel hurt. Just with, with respect and love, humility in the home to each other. That's number one. Number two, appreciation. Appreciation is very, very, very important in our homes, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very, very important. You know, okay. Ravelli Lapian, he had an issue. He, he, he was trying to figure this out. He came, he was learning under his Rebbe, the altar of Kelm, Simchasis Labrodi, and he didn't understand. He, he, was, he was like in awe of the altars, the altars Rebetzin, the Kedusha that was going on in their house. Rebetzin Chayalea appeared to be like a superwoman. She cooked, she cleaned, she cared for her children. And at the same time, she was very dedicated to every need of the yeshiva. So not only was she like Mamish and Eshes Chayel in the home, she also, she was also so selfless when it came to the yeshiva. So if Elia Lapian was trying to figure out what's Pshat, so when Rav Elia was young and he was invited to a Shabbos meal, he entered the house after, after shul on, fr- on, 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 on Friday night. The altar gave his wife a magnificently warm greeting and he enumerated to her all the appreciation, all the akarsa toivi had for her hard work to organize, to cook, and to care for the family's needs. She was beaming. His wife was beaming. After making Kiddush and Amaitzi, the altar smiled at the Rebetzin. And he told her that her challah was the sweetest and the most delicious that he ever tasted. Now, the pride and the joy found on the Rebetzin's face explained everything to, to Ravali Lapian. He was young at the time. When someone feels truly appreciated, recognized, validated, they experience a magical, magical surge of energy that inspires them to continue, to continue their, their, their goals, their accomplishments, and that joy and fulfillment is very powerful, very, very, very powerful. And that's when he, he realized, okay, now I understand what my Rebbe is doing. We're talking about Gedalim people. We're not talking about, oh, yeah, it's nice thing. Gedalim. These are people sat, learned, sat and learned Tyra all day. They sat and learned Tyra. This is how they acted to their wives. This is their godless. On Hanukkah, we have this opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, to appreciate each other. That is a form. I'm giving you a tool. You want to connect to your spouse? Appreciate them. Okay, I say thank you. Okay. Thank you is important. Thank you is important. But a couple of things I want to say. First of all, here's Hanukkah. Hanukkah is coming. I'm not telling you the Hanukkah is the holiday of giving. But you know what? We can utilize giving to bring Shlemus and Devekis into our house. To use that, 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 that rocket-boosting power, we can use giving. It's an opportunity to give. Okay, I don't have so much money. I can't buy my wife an elaborate gift, you might feel. You know what? Get her something small. Are you listening to this lady? A gentleman I'm talking to, actually. Get her something small. It doesn't have to be something so elaborate. If you have the means, okay, get her something even nice. But get her something nice. But you know what is as important when you get her whatever you get her? Buy her a card. Buy her a card. I don't know what to write on the card. I always, I, I don't know, it's so hard for me to write. You know what? Just write the things you appreciate about your wife. Buy a card. Write the things if you're going to buy or even let's say you buy her a bouquet of flowers because that's all you can afford. That's fine. 
But write a card, take a card, and just write. I just wanted to let you know, I appreciate the fact that you're an amazing mother. I appreciate the fact that you're a caring wife, that you have patience and you listen to me. I appreciate the fact that sometimes you're under so much stress, but you still feel, you still maintain your composure. Whatever it is that you appreciate, write it on a card. Write it on a card. And that's, that's going to bring the vacas. That's going to bring shlemis. Now, ladies, there's really nothing wrong on your end also to do it. Yes, to do it. Of course, I always talk about the man being the giver and the woman being the receiver. But if that's going to bring shlemis into your house and vacas into your house, and some of your husbands need that, that, that spark, that kickstart, maybe it's important for you to buy that card for husband also. And you are much better writers than your husbands. You know that. You're much better writers. And you can write everything you appreciate about your husband. It might take a while. You're going to see you start writing. And it's going to mean so much to your husband. It's going to mean so much to your husband. He might not buy you something back. He might not because he wants to, but he's very busy. He might not realize how important it is. He might not realize it. If that really bothers you, I'll tell you in a second what to do. It shouldn't bother you. What do you mean? I'll buy him. He doesn't buy me. That's an interpretation. That's an interpretation. It's not fair. He doesn't like me. I'm better to him than that. That's an interpretation. He likes you. He cares about you. He loves you. He'll do anything for you and for the children. I could guarantee you he would. Just, he wants to make you happy. He wants to make you happy. He does want to make you happy. So he didn't buy you something. But he'll appreciate it. So the men who are listening to this, please, Hanukkah, maybe today before you forget, go to the store. Go to the store. If you get something for your wife, something small for Hanukkah, get a card and write on the card your appreciation for your wife. All the things that you appreciate. You don't understand. This is not like a nice and nice thing to do. This is fulfilling what the Torah is talking about of al Kenyaz of Ish, of his Imoy, the Vekis and Shlemis. That's what you're doing. That's what you do. You can do the Shemitz, the Shemitz is the Shemitz is Dekis in my house. Shemitz is Shalom Bayis. You're fulfilling so many mitzvahs. You're bringing Kedusha into your house. That's what you're doing. You're, light, you're going to light the Menorah and you're going to bring Kedusha, real Kedusha, into your homes by buying a card. Ladies, sometimes some of you are listening to this and saying to me, saying to yourselves, ladies, Oh, I wish my husband would be like that. You know, sometimes it's important. I'm not saying always. Sometimes it's important to give instructions to your husband. What am I talking about? Not in a controlling way. You want to motivate your husband, and you're, you don't have that connection. And Rabbi Greenfield, I listen to your show, and I would wish my husband listens to this show because then he would get ideas. Listen, ladies, sometimes, sometimes simple instructions. I know you might feel it's awkward, uncomfortable, but, but there's nothing wrong if you haven't been spending time with your husband. Nothing wrong with saying to your husband, you know, I had a really hard day today. If you could just genuinely listen and empathize me, that, that would really, really help. Just say that to your husband, and he'll do it for you. Oh, okay, no problem. When do you want me to do that? In 10 minutes? No problem. Or to say to your husband, you know, I know how busy you are. I, I know how busy you are. You're very, very busy. I'm just reminding you, next week is Hanukkah. I know everything will be busy. You don't have to get me anything, but if you would get me a card, that would be nice. I'm talking about to the ladies who, if it would hurt you that you don't get that card. And certain women know what I'm talking to. Like, okay, I have to buy him. My friends get, I don't get. So just tell your husband. Say to him, I know how busy you are. I'm just around you. Next week is Hanukkah. You don't have to get me anything. If you get me a card, that would be really nice. If you don't, don't worry. But remember this part. If you don't, don't worry about it. And really mean that. If you don't, don't worry about it. And he shouldn't worry about it because it shouldn't be pressure. It should come from his heart. And if he's not doing it, it's okay, ladies. Ladies, if he doesn't do it, because it might not happen. It's okay. But you know what? It might work. It might work. And he might start giving you Hanukkah cards if it's important for you. If, if he could do it, if it's possible. So, or here's another one. You know you're coming home and the house is going to be a mess. I'm telling you, a regular thing. Moshe, Chaim, Shimon, I'm going to be home in 15 minutes. It'll make me so happy if the house, if the kitchen is clean. It'll make me so happy if the kitchen is clean. Okay, I'm just trying... You know, sometimes people tell me my husband doesn't take, doesn't buy me things for my birthday, doesn't take me off my birthday, this, Daniel thing. So you can remind him, just remind you, next week is my birthday. If you don't get me anything, I understand. If you don't get me anything, if you, you can afford something, if you, but I really like this, Daniel the other thing. If you can afford it, if not, not, it's okay. Husbands just need reminders, they need instructions. They care about you, ladies. They do, they do. Don't think they don't. They do care about you. They want to make you happy. They're men, they're men, they're busy. They have a million things to do, they're stressed. Sometimes instructions is very, very important, but. Finally, as far as the the the, the, the Vekas Shabbat and Hanukkah, the bringing of the Kedusha, I'm talking mostly to the men here. Make it your business to spend extra time with your wife. Make it your business. Spend some quality time, especially those of us who are so busy. 
So busy. So busy. So many things to do. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Make it your business. You know what? On one night of Hanukkah, spend quality time. Does it mean you have to go out with her? Maybe. Maybe not. But spend quality time. That's a form of connection. Either do it for a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Do it for your wife. Or do it for yourself at the end of the day. Because you're going to be a happier person. Spending quality time is bringing Kedusha into the, into the house. It brings the Shekhinah. It's, it's the Vekas is what we're talking about. We don't have a lot of time left. I, I'm going to talk about something else about Hanukkah, ladies and gentlemen. And that's children. You know, I, uh, th- this really is a Shalom Bayes show. It is. We talk about Shalom Bayes and skills and tools. But, but the children are, are inherently connected to our Shalom Bayes. They are. The ch- your Shalom Bayes affects your child's Chinuch. It does. Want to hear it? You don't want to hear it? You want to hear psychological studies? I can tell you. But we all know it's MS. Spend time with the children. Hanukkah is coming. Spend time with the children. I know we're going here, we're going there. I got this party, this masiba, that, the other thing. Children are going to be home. They come home early to light the menorah of a hula, but they're coming home extra early. They're staying home. There's an opportunity to connect with the children. I cannot tell you how pivotal it is to spend time with your children. I, w- I want to cite this study. It's unbelievable. 67% of America's teens say they actually want to spend more time with their parents. You hear this? 67%. That's according to, to, a, to a survey of 1,250 adults and teens conducted by the Opinion Research Corporation. Children want to spend time with us, even teenagers. Quantity and quality, whether we're working or whether we're not working. Now, I saw interesting Dr. Rivka Palatnik actually writes that ch- after her studies, whatnot, that children seem reluctant to express this. Your child is not going to tell you, I want to spend time with you. They're not going to tell you that. Men, I'm talking to you especially. I really am. They're not going to tell you that I want to spend time with you. But I'm telling you, they need your time. They need your time. And children, after they spend time, they feel more whole. They feel better about themselves. It boosts their self-esteem. It helps their learning. Tyra in yeshiva, it's all critical. Listen to this. Listen to this. It's mamish, uh, unbelievable. That what? Nearly a quarter of teen respondents said their parents don't seem to have enough time to spend with them. The majority of the parents surveyed did not report having struggles with finding enough time to spend with their kids. This disconnect may be the result of parents underestimating the amount of time their kids want and need from adults. We have no idea how much our kids strive to spend time with us. I'm going to quote you this. Listen to this. This is from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. This is actually titled Research on Successful Families. Characteristics of strong and healthy families. Listen to this amazing study. Based on various assumptions about what a strong family does, researchers have developed lists of structural and behavioral attributes that characterize successful families. In spite of differences in discipline and perspective, there seems to be a consensus about the basic dimensions of a strong healthy family. The following constructs, which are often interrelated and very complex, will be identified, defined, and described briefly as they exist in strong, healthy families. Listen to what they write. A. Communication. Encouragement of spending time with each other. Expressing appreciation to your children. You know, I was talking about appreciation between you and your spouse. Appreciation to your children. Appreciation. Wow, Maishi, I'm so proud of you. Wow, Chedva, I'm so proud of you. Look what you've done. You're going to sleep on time. Whatever the child does, even small little thing that you might think is you know, or set them up with a challenge. And then, wow, Maishi, I'm so proud of you. Chayaleh, what you're doing makes me so happy. Spending time with your children. Playing with little children, playing with them. Let the children choose the activity. Talk with your child. Really listen to her ideas and feelings. Share a hobby or special interest with the child. Reading a book together with young younger child. That's a very, very big bond. Reading books with our children. Exercising with our children. Taking a walk with our children. Visiting a, visiting a playground with our children. A park with our children. These are foundations of child-parent relationships. And they form very, very quickly. Very quickly. And now's an opportunity for those of you who have young children. Those of you who have older children, spend quality time with them. Go on a date with your older child. Go have a coffee with your older child. 
If you can't have a coffee, go take a walk. Drive your older child. You know what, men? If you, ha- if you can do this on Hanukkah, you have an older child, two older children, teenagers, you know, why don't we go out somewhere? I want to take you out to maybe we'll go out. Just me and you will go to a, we'll go to a restaurant in Borough Park or in Flatbush or on Lakewood or wherever you're listening. I'll have you listen. Eretz Yisrael. We're going to go out, me and you. We're going to have alone time for the older children. Very, very important. We're all scared. Everyone's scared. What am I talking about? I'm talking about what's going on on the streets today with the older children and how many children are falling off. Let's try to connect them. I'm not blaming parents over here. This is not about blaming parents. You know, it could, it could happen from yeshiva, from rabbeim, from social personnel. A lot of reasons. But we want to try to, we want, we want an insurance policy. I'm not saying it's 100%, but we want to try to have an insurance policy. Let's try to spend quality time with our children. Do you know that in America, family dinners have decreased by 33% over the past 20 years? And vacations? And boy, does it make a difference. Boy, does it make a difference. It makes such a big difference for your child to eat together. And Hanukkah, there's no... <sighs> okay, <laughs> I'm getting really worked up over here. Hanukkah, we should be able to eat together with our family. Come on, Hanukkah... Hanukkah, we should be able to eat together as a family. If not every night, at least most of the time. We, okay, if you're not home, you're working, okay, but you're lying in the menorah anyways. Why can't we eat together? Why can't we eat together? I can't believe I'm actually saying this, that, that we should eat together. We have many families in the film community that don't eat together. They don't eat together. We should try, if it's possible, at least Hanukkah. It's so important for the family. There's study after study after study after study that we should connect to our children, spend time with our children. You know, just a dinner. You're having dinner with, with the family, right? It's the latkes and the talking and the this, and everybody starts talking. Yes, it's going to be a little bit fighting, and I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try and make believe there's not going to be. There's going to be some fighting. There's going to be fighting. Uh, yeah, you can expect fighting. Those of you who have many kids, those of you who have children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The kids are together. There's going to be fighting and complaints and that. But you know what? There's an underpinning of security when you're all together. There's an underpinning of security when you're all together. Now, it definitely, if you see that one child is being picked on or whatever it is, you have to discipline the children. You have to discipline the children. But you know what? Not in front of everybody else. Moshe, can you please come here a second? I want to talk to you. Shifra, can you please come here a second? I want to talk to you. Yes, what's the matter? Moshe, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you hear we're spending time on Hanukkah, and I understand that Shimi is getting you upset. I really, understand. I see that Shimi is getting you upset. Can you do me a favor? Can we try to take care of this later on? Can you be mevater? Make me so happy. Can you be mevater? Is that possible? With the younger child, you could say it'll make me for ha- so happy. With the older child, is I really appreciate it. Talk to him if, if you could do that. I'd really appreciate it. Let it go till after the meal privately. Speak to him or her privately. But she's bothering me. He's bothering me. I hear what you're saying, but just it's Hanukkah. I really appreciate it. And for the little child, Shafel will make me really happy if we deal with this later, okay? Thank you very much. And just distract, distract, and distract some more. Speak about something else. Focus on something else. There's nothing wrong with playing a game with your family on Hanukkah. It's a beautiful thing. Besides dreidel, which is a very nice game. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with playing another game. You're buying toys for the kids on Hanukkah. Not your kids, but other kids, because you're having Hanukkah masibas, everybody's toys. You know what? When you go to the toy store, find a game that your family is going to like. Age level. Find a game. Find a game. Whatever game it is that's going to be challenging, that's going to be engaging. You don't know the power of playing a game together with your family, husband, wife, and children. If the husband's not there, wife and children. If the wife's not there, husband and children. But you know what? Playing a game with kids is a opportunity for bonding for the kids. The kids bond. Now, the ladies who are listening to me right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The men who are listening to me right now, I'm telling you, study after study, your child's development is based on his feeling of trust and security in the home. It's completely based on that. If your child doesn't feel secure, trusted, bonded, connected, it's going to hinder their development. I'm not saying they won't be able to go past that. Many times we do have to go past that. It's not the end of the world. We have to go past that. But why do that to our kids? Seriously, you all love your children. We all love our Who doesn't love their children, right? We love our children. Let's spend time with them. And Hanukkah, it's a great opportunity. Let's get a game or two so we can play a game with our children. It'll be so beautiful. You'll see. Even the little kids. I see, you know, play games with kids. Even the little kids get involved. Even little, if you only have little children, you know what? Sit on the floor, get the Lego set, and do it together with them. Oh, come on. Feel, eh? Why not? Why not? The child will love it. 
and I'm really mo talking mostly to the men over here. I am, because the, a lot of the women are doing this anyways. I'm talking to the men mostly. It's an opportunity. I know it's hard. Rabbi say, I know it's hard. I, I know it's hard, but it's not beyond anybody's covet. It really is not. Just to sit with our children, maybe play a game with them, a dreidel game, whatever it is, spend quality time. Ladies, if your husband doesn't do it, please don't be upset at him. Please don't be upset at him. He doesn't hear the show, does hear the show, whatever. Don't be upset. Don't bring machlokas into the house. Be mevater. Speak to him at a different time. When you talk to him, say to him, I know how hard it is for you. I know how difficult you work the whole day. You have so many financial pressures. And Hanukkah started, but it'll make me so happy. If tomorrow you could come a little bit early, if we can play a game with the kids, it'll make me so happy. And here's the pivotal point, ladies. Here's the pivotal point. I know a lot of you are listening to this and like, oh, that would be great in my house, but I don't know if it's going to happen. So number one, speak to your husband. If it's not going to happen, you could sit with him and speak to him. And of course, you always start with, I know how difficult it is for you. Connect to him. I'm embarrassed even to ask you this. If you can't do it, I understand. But if your husband pulls through, maybe not the first night, maybe he won't be there the first night or second night to play with the kids or whatever it is. If he, if, if he does pull through at the end, here's how you motivate him to continue. Here's how you create consistency in your house. I'm going to tell you how you do it. Here's the secret. When he does it, don't just come and say thank you. You go over to your husband in a genuine way and you tell him how it made a difference in your life. And you say, you know something? That made me very happy. And you're going to say, oh, but it made the children also happy. And, and he hops the children are happy. But this is what he hears from, hear from you. It made me happy. It made me happy. It made a difference in my life. And I really, really, really appreciate the fact that you spend time with the children tonight. It was really, really beautiful, and it made me so happy. And that's going to motivate him to continue because he's an achievement-based person. Now he feels, okay, I achieved. Wow, I feel proud. I feel good about myself. Baruch Hashem. That creates dvekis between you and your spouse and between your husband and your children. It'll create this, this, this positive atmosphere. It'll light up your home. You're going to bring Kedusha. So when the Neros in your home are, are lit and there's light, there's going to be real Kedusha in your home. as Hashem Yisbarach. Have a Freilich in Hanukkah. Thank you for listening to Rei Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Comments, feedback, questions, 917-397-2841. I don't know how soon I'm going to answer you, but thank you for listening. And cult of Afreilich in Hanukkah for everyone.